guys. So um, I decided to kind of go live on the podcast today um, just because of the big time trade that just went down um, in the NFL. Of course, Matt Ryan being traded to the Indianapolis move that, you know, at least I had kind of already, you know, expected it. And, you know, whenever the whole Falcons fiasco of going all in, trying to get um, Deshaun Watson, it kind of just spelled the end for Matt Ryan's time in Atlanta. And now, next thing you know, you know, the um, 14 seasons of Matt Ryan is, is traded to the Indianapolis Colts and uh, figured it's a good time to hop on now, get the podcast going with the news so we can talk about current um, and see see the fallout and the impact that this trade has. And, and I see my buddy Jarrell right there who's tuned in. Uh, I know I'm, I'm, I'm about to invite you to speak, see what you have to say if you're uh, in your lunch break or whatever the case is. And you're muted right now, but I, I did invite you to speak. There you are, my brother. Can you talk? What's up, man? What's hey, up? look at that. An impromptu dip in from Jarrell. Just yeah. caught the podcast at the right time. I said, you know what, man? I think I'm just about to go live right now. I'm in my lunch conference break. This trade just went down. Matt Ryan, 14 seasons in Atlanta. He's now a Colt. So, brother. First off, appreciate you stopping by, man, uh, to chat a little bit of football. Um, but what do you think of this uh, big trade, man? Another quarterback trade here in this offseason. Um, I think this is excellent for the Indianapolis Colts. I think it's excellent for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, they have an opportunity to get a, uh, a quality third-round pick um, in this draft. Uh, the Colts have an opportunity to get a quality veteran quarterback um, to lead the football team. Uh, you know, the Colts has already been a, power, a powerhouse up front with the run game. Um, they struggle uh, with third down passes, uh, completing the ball um, on third downs and keeping drives alive. And I think Matt Ryan is going to give them that opportunity to do that. Um, I think, you know, being in a new system, new dome, Frank Rice going to have, you know, uh, Matty Ice playing like Matty Ice. So I definitely think this is going to be a great, great opportunity for both parties. Man, bro, I just I was telling you, this has been a wild offseason, bro. I mean, quarterbacks have been on the move. Obviously, the big one that started things was the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos. And, you know, Russell Wilson had kind of already, you know, there, as they say, where there's fuel, there's fire. There had been rumblings about him wanting a fresh start out of Seattle and uh, maybe clashing a little bit with Pete Carroll. Um, and then, of course, that led the uh, Washington Commanders to go after Carson Wentz and uh, man, it, it's so now here we are on March 21st. You know Matt Ryan, uh, a guy that Arthur Blank, you know, had had pretty much said at the combine that he was fully expecting Matt Ryan to return as their starting quarterback for a 15th NFL season. I mean, the 36 year old quarterback is, is an MVP, a great player. You know, obviously the uh, city of Atlanta is definitely going to miss Matt Ryan. But my question to you, Rel, this is now the big talking point, is how much does Matt Ryan's acquisition 
propel the Colts into Super Bowl contention? Because now, bro, we know the AFC is absolutely loaded. I mean, look at the AFC West alone. Do you think that this Matt Ryan move, a 36-year-old quarterback, do you think this kind of puts Indianapolis in that conversation? Um, I think it gives them an opportunity to, to discuss. Um, I, I don't think it gives them a, a chance um, unless they go out and get a couple more pass catchers. I think, you know, obviously T. Wide Hilton has, has been a reliable target, but, you know, he's starting to progress in, in – I think I lost uh, Jarrell a little bit of some connection issues, but um, let's see if we can get him back. Um, not exactly sure, maybe some connection network issues, but I uh, kind of went out a little bit. But uh, to, to Jarrell's point, I mean, the first point he, t- he talked about was getting some more weapons over there in Indianapolis. And yeah, uh, there you are. There you're, you're back. Oh. You're back. You went oh. out for a little bit. Oh yeah, man. I was chatting, man. I wanted. I was just saying. Um, you know, I, I think that Matt Ryan, you know, to the Colts is a great thing, but I think that they, the Colts have to go out and get another pass catcher. I think at the end of the day, Ty Hilton has, has been a, a, a reliable source, but you know, they need a, a downfield threat and they need a guy that's going to be great intermediate as well. And so, you know, if they can add a couple more pieces um, and actually pick up a a, 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 a decent tight end to go down the field with, I think that the Colts will definitely have a great chance to compete. Hey, I'm, I'm glad you brought up that, Jarrell, because I know a guy that happens to be a free agent, an all-pro type of receiver, that tends to have a, a great connection with Matt Ryan, and he was just cut by the Tennessee Titans last week. Julio Jones is on the market, and so now maybe there's a little bit of rumblings about, well, does Chris Ballard kind of you know take a chance on Julio Jones? We know the guy, obviously, his resume speaks for itself, but the problem with Julio Jones, Jarrell, is he really has not been able to stay on the field. I mean, lingering hamstring injuries pretty much just put a dent in his lone season with the Tennessee Titans. But make no mistake about it. I mean, Julio Jones is Julio Jones. And the guy can still produce when he's able to stay on the field. And so that would certainly give them another, I'd say number two, because Michael Pittman Jr. I think has emerged as a number one wide receiver in Indianapolis. You got guys like Paris Campbell who can play the slot. And then, of course, you got the bell cow running back in Jonathan Taylor. But it wouldn't shock me if the Colts, you know, at least investigated a potential Julio Jones, Matt Ryan reunion. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, Matt, you know, uh, Julio Jones would be a great addition for the Colts, um, especially once you start to get from the 30 yard line in when you're talking about. You know, a lot of those big man uh, 50-50 pass catching ball, um, you know, when you're having to be uh, a big uh, receiver in the red zone, I think, you know, Julio Jones can obviously, you know, stretch the field. But, you know, he's going to start to become that even more dynamic, like how Mike Mike Evans is for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, once you get inside that 30-yard line and they throw that ball up, it's like an automatic touchdown. So I think at the end of the day, you know, if they can get Julio Jones to sure up some things in the red zone for these guys uh, to go right along with that, that that phenomenal run game that they do have, man, I think that the, the Colts can come out of this AFC South, man, and, and definitely make some noise. But they got to go through Tennessee to do it. Yeah, no, and the thing is, Jarrell, is that, you know, Indy, the one thing, I guess, that kind of puts them in a good position 
with this acquisition of Matt Ryan and where they can go and contend is they already have a very stout offensive line there in Indianapolis that you got to you got to give Ballard credit. You know that as soon as he arrived in Indianapolis, that was his number one goal was to get an offensive line that could first lead to them having that run DNA with Jonathan Taylor and just ground and pound. I mean, you draft Quentin Nelson, that guy, you can pretty much say he's going to be a Hall of Famer one day, just how dominant he is. You got Ryan Kelly. They locked him up to that extension. Now they did lose their starting their other starting guard, Mark Glowinski, to the New York Giants. And by the way, they still need to uh, take care of that left tackle position because they did sign uh, Eric Fisher to that one-year deal. He's a free agent. You know, maybe the Colts can bring him back. But the interior of that line has been so good for the Colts. And so I think when you put Matt Ryan behind an offensive line with a running back like Jonathan Taylor, who can hurt you many ways, and that's not even uh, mentioning Naheem Hines, uh, the, the, the receiving threat back that has also emerged and is a key cog in that Indianapolis offense. And then, you know, the defense really for Indianapolis, I feel like that's going to be what, is either going to lead them to be legit contenders or they're going to just be a fringe team. You know what I mean? And, and I think they did show some progress. Matt Eberflus, their DC, is no longer there. He took the head coaching job with the uh, Chicago Bears, but they did make a good hire with Gus Bradley, who turned around that Raiders defense. And so you look at Darius Leonard, the, the linebacker, and you look at what the things they're building with the Forrest Buckner. And so all of a sudden, Jarrell, I think this Colts team – has really gotten some rejuvenation with this trade of Matt Ryan. And so I'm eager to see how Chris Ballard approaches the rest of the offseason, knowing that they do have a veteran quarterback secured and headed to Indy. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I'm, 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 my first thing is to get a couple pass catchers. Um, I'm getting a guy that can run, um, you know, the routes between 10 and 15 yards, and then I got to get that 20-plus yard uh, pass catcher as well. Um, like I said before, man, the receiving – uh, the receiving free agency pool is very deep. Um, you talk about a guy that wants to stay in the AFC, uh, Jarvis Landry's out there. Um, you have a guy, uh, you're talking about Julio. We talked about this guy before. Um, you know, there's several guys that's on the free agent market that are fully capable of, of helping this uh, Indianapolis Colts team get over the hump. So it's definitely going to be, uh, you know, pretty, pretty interesting down the stretch. Hey, and you know who's another receiver that's also on the market? And, you know, he may miss the first part of the season, but we, he all showcased his uh, capability again. Odell Beckham Jr. is still out there. And, you know, the ramp big splash for uh, Robert Woods. So I think we'll have to wait and see on, on, what, on, what, is, uh, on what could potentially be. You know, that is definitely going to be an option for the Minneapolis Colts. And so we'll see how they choose to navigate this drill. But let's go to now talk about the Falcons, right? Because now you trade Matt Ryan. They have uh, Josh Rosen. They have Felipe Franks now in their quarterback room. And so you now know that Baker Mayfield wants out of Cleveland. And so he could potentially be on the move. And you also have Jimmy Garoppolo is another name that's out there that has been floated in trade talks. So, Here's an interesting one, though, Jarrell, before you uh, chime in here. How about Marcus Mariota? I mean, do the Falcons now pivot? You know, Arthur Smith has that connection with Mariota from their time in Tennessee. Do they now pivot to maybe go get a guy like Mariota 
He can be their bridge quarterback while they maybe go draft a rookie this year, let him develop behind Mariota for a year, and then go about it that way, right? So I don't think this necessarily means Atlanta's going to go hard in the trade market for a quarterback like Jimmy G or um, a Baker Mayfield. But what about a Marcus Mariota signing? You know, I think that could make some sense for sure. Well, yeah, you know, you're talking about a guy that's had success, success in the football league. Um, you're talking about a guy that's, you know, been in some great systems. I think that, um, you know, if I'm the Falcons, if I have an opportunity to compete this year, then I want to go and get a quarterback that's going to help uh, bring my team together this year um, and, and for the next couple years while I build around. I know they've got some young pieces. You know, Calvin Ridley's on the shelf this year. Um, but they have a lot of young pieces that can work around. And so I think – you know, if they have, if they feel that they can win some games this year, then I think I say they go after Jimmy G. But you know, if they feel like if, they, if this is kind of middle of the road and we want to still see what we have in the cabinet, um, you know, you can take a Marcus Mariota. He's going to win you some games. He's going to make you. Uh, he's going to. He's going to make you guys formidable when it comes to competing on the football field. Um, but when you're trying to take your your franchise over the top and get back to the Super Bowl like they've done before. I know Arthur Blank is not going to sit around uh, long term while, you know, uh, other franchises are making moves on players and and uh, trying to uh, put themselves, uh, position themselves in, in a in a way that they can win uh, late in late in the season. Well, here's the thing, Terrell is um, I, I'm kind of intrigued with Marcus Mariota because we all know that he can obviously be a threat with his legs and and you know when. Arthur Smith was the quarterback's coach there in Tennessee. He worked with Marcus Mariota, and Mariota has been in Vegas the last couple of years backing up Derek Carr. And if Atlanta can find themselves, you know, a true bell cow running back, whether that be in the draft, I mean, there's plenty of guys they can target, a Brian Robinson from Alabama. Um, you know, the list goes on and on, right? But if you compare Mariota with a legit, maybe even a James Cook from Georgia, Dalvin Cook's brother, you know, keeping him in Georgia. And you have Cordero Patterson out there, right, who they just brought back, a guy that's a hybrid, running back and receiver. You have Kyle Pitts, right, another hybrid, a tight end receiver that can go be a dominant force in the red zone, you know, solidify their receiving corpse. I mean, I think Atlanta can kind of be a fun team on offense. Now, I'm not exactly sure if they're going to be a top 15 offense, you know, putting up 400 yards a game, but if they can find an identity on the ground and use Marcus Mariota's strengths, which Arthur Smith obviously has a good insight on how to do that, I actually think that this is a potential move that could make a ton of sense. He's a guy that is great in the locker room, highly respected. You go draft a rookie. Maybe they, Atlanta goes after a Malik Willis or a Matt Corral in the first round of the uh, 2022 NFL draft, and they let Mariota learn. Um, but definitely, Jarrell, I mean, it kind of does make things a lot of um, very interesting all of a sudden now for the Atlanta. I think Jarrell's muted now. Can you, can you hear me? Uh, so we'll we'll go ahead and see if hey, bro. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I can. All I can. right. Now I wanted to give you a thoughts. Hey, so let's not let's not rule out uh 
you know, a guy like Cam Newton, man, um, Atlanta native, uh, you know, a guy that, that trains here, has established businesses here, oper- uh, entities. I think, you know, that's a, an opportunity for, for Arthur Blank, for the Atlanta Falcons to kind of bridge the gap a little bit. You're talking about a guy that's been in the, the, uh, the NFC South before as well, knows the competition well. And so, you know, don't rule out a, an opportunity for him to come back home and compete uh, for the Atlanta Falcons as well. Well, hey, Jarrell, actually, you know, kind of pivoting back to the Colts and, I, you know, I was just talking about uh, Julio Jones, you know, Darius Leonard, the uh, all-pro linebacker. I just saw him tweet trying to recruit Julio Jones, the Indianapolis, you know, trying to trying to pick up where they left off when they last played in in Atlanta. And so that, that could uh, pick up some steam, man. I mean, I think there's a, a real fit for Julio Jones there. And it could be fun to see those two get to play again, this time obviously being in the AFC. But um, that's always fun when you see players going out there recruiting. You understand that this offseason, when you got teams that are pulling off blockbuster trades, I mean, the Chargers are signing Jay Jackson, you're trading for Khalil Mack, you're pairing with Bosa, you got the Raiders landing Chandler Jones, and then going after Devontae Adams, which was just an incredible, like, I mean, I don't think anybody could wrap their minds around it when the trade was announced. But this offseason, Jarrell, I think it's been unhinged, bro. I mean, these GMs, these owners, they're they're getting more and more desperate to get to the Super Bowl. And when you see what Les Snead did with the Rams, saying pretty much screw picks, we want win-now players. We'll worry about the cap ramifications later down the road. We need star power. And clearly, that is a philosophy that a lot of teams have taken on this free agency and, of course, through the trade portal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, you know, uh, Les Steed had an opportunity to have, uh, you know, some generational talent at each level. I think, you know, with, you, know you bring in Von Miller late. Uh, you already have Aaron Donald established. Um, the culture has been built for a number of years, uh, you know, even though it didn't just happen this year, um, the foundation for that football team had been set, uh, you know, four or five years ago uh, with Michael Brockers and, 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 and a bunch of those guys as well. So, you know, you bring in a Jalen Ramsey, a guy that can cover at, at multiple positions um, uh, versus an offense. And so I think at the end of the day, it was excellent GM play for the long term. Uh, they were just able to solidify some pieces to get themselves over the hump. You know, i.e. Andrew Whitworth, uh, a phenomenal left tackle. Um, you know, uh, you got Matt Stafford, a guy that's been itching to have uh, a winning football season, and then his first winning football season goes to the Super Bowl. So it's like, you know, with all this this uh, surrounding them, man, you know, it wasn't just a, a one-and-done type of year for the Rams. Uh, people really got to, you know, dissect how this thing was kind of built out over the last four or five years. Um, in order for them to, to truly get the type of credit that they deserve. Uh, but I just feel that there's so many good football players in the National Football League now. General managers are trying to, to, to get their hands on a lot of them, and they're making moves now. Uh, Khalil Mack being in Chicago, he knew he wanted to get up out of there. He, uh, he, were now, he now returns back to the West Coast where he started his career and, and has an opportunity to go out there and make some plays. Now, Jarrell, well, first off, let me just go ahead and I, I forgot, man. I can't believe we got almost 20 minutes into the podcast, and I see we have uh, so three listeners, so I appreciate y'all um, listening in. But uh, 
I, I, I'm so sorry, bro. I don't know how you could even talk. I'm sure you're so hurt over your Michigan State Spartans bowing out of the tournament yesterday. <laughs> Dude, I knew you was going. I knew it. Hey, I'm glad we got 20 minutes in before you before you got at me. No, so, no, nah, man. Um, I think if we lost to anybody else but Coach K, I would have been crushed. But you're talking about a team in Duke. They're, they're playing for something that's much bigger than themselves right now. So, I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I tip my hat to the team. Although we would have loved to knock them off, um, you know, especially being so close to uh, to Duke, um, you know, them being down in Greenville, South Carolina. So I think um, with that being said, man, they're a great team, man, and, and we, we, we hope to see them boys again. Hey, man, it was a great game. Uh, it was back and forth. But you know, you know what I mean. I just had to kind of poke at your – your emotions a little bit, man. I, I obviously see you were doing some screaming and some shouting because you barely got a voice, man. Dude, man. So between Michigan State and uh, my youth team, man, you know, my youth team that I coach sometimes, uh, that I coach on the side, man, Metro 7, uh, we had an opportunity to win our championship this weekend, man. So I've cheered a lot for these boys. Um, man, they played from basically like 9 a.m. all the way up to like 7 o'clock at night. So, it was like nonstop, but we we came home with the championship, man. They got a I got a nice little trophy hanging up right now. Hey, bro. Well, listen, man. Uh, I was I was saying I was talking. I, I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit about another big trade Absolutely. in the quarterback market, Deshaun Watson to the Cleveland Browns. You know that the Browns pretty much just gave up a ton of uh, draft capital landed Deshaun Watson after recruiting Lee. Initially, it was thought that the Falcons were his uh, eventual choice going back home to Georgia. But the the Browns and Andrew Barry come up big with Deshaun Watson. What are your thoughts on that whole situation? Man, it was crazy how it all unfolded. Um, all the teams that came to the table and then they were there, then they weren't. You know, how the Browns dropped out. Now they were the team that ended up with Watson. Um, you know, I just think at the end of the day, Watson kind of looked at some things. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of different factors that come into play. Obviously, $230 million plays a part as well, um, fully guaranteed as well. And you have, uh, I think, you know, man, as an NFL player, man, when you have a chance to come back home, it's a great opportunity. Um, but, you know, he's had so much success and, and building his reputation up elsewhere that, I think he's just up for the challenge. And, um, you know, I know he knows how the AFC works. And to stay in the AFC where he has an opportunity to compete um, and go against some of the same foes and, and, and have winnable games, I think that was an easy that was an easy decision for him, man. Um, going to Atlanta, man, that NFC South is a is, – is a, bro, it's a tough division to play in at NFC South. Um, I definitely think that's – I mean, that's just a very, 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 very tough division. Um, but that AFC North, man, he's got an opportunity to make some noise, man, you, with, you know, Lamar Jackson. And, um, well, obviously he's going to be kicking out Baker Mayfield, but you've got, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But the rest of those guys in there, man, and, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, Joe Burrow. So, you know, that, that AFC North is going to be lit. And uh, just uh, some NFL scoopage. Uh, I have a source that actually told me this morning uh, that Zadarius Smith, and I also was uh, covering his whole free agency process when he got cut, and then um, when his four-year $35 million deal got leaked out to the Ravens, uh, I had a source close to his camp tell me, like, hey, 
He's not happy with the terms. He believes he's worth more. That night when it was reported, uh, he told me that Darius Smith was getting cold feet, that he was really thinking the agents were pushing him to take the deal, go back to Baltimore. Long story short, I break the news that he uh, backed out of that agreement. And then this morning, uh, I was told by that same person that Zadarius Smith is taking a visit with the the Minnesota Vikings today. So he's flying to Minnesota today. That's a former division rival. I know you're a Green Bay Packer at heart, Jarrell, so I'm sure you're not liking this news if you would potentially end up with a division rival. But uh, I think that's intriguing, man, because uh, the Minnesota Vikings – they're looking to, to build something, a new GM, a new head coach. They bring in uh, O'Connell from the Rams. And then one of the, the things that kind of gets Zadarius Smith linked to Minnesota is they hired Green Bay's, I think, assistant defensive line coach. I can't think of his name right now, but I do know Zadarius Smith held him in high regard. And so now he's the D-line coach in Minnesota. There's that connection. Uh, I think Zadarius Smith, there's a good chance. You know, he's flying out today. If everything goes well, the Minnesota Vikings could have themselves an edge rusher uh, to, to go against his former team this coming season. Uh, yeah, man. I think, you know, when you talk about Zadarius Smith, um, I know he wants to get back even with the Packers. Um, I think they kind of they kind of handle some things uh, differently. Um, I know Zadarius, you know, might feel that he's worth more, um, but he also has got to understand he's coming off an in- He came off an injured season. Um you know, in which he came, he came off the pups lifts. He was, it was late. I mean, it's not, you know, and he had to split time with, you know, Whitney Merciless, uh, Rashawn Gary, who had a phenomenal year. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's just a little bit of humble pie right now. You still getting paid millions of dollars. And he's a guy that, that, that definitely is a, uh, a, a, a top 20 impact player um, defensively in the national football league. So, you know, he can make some plays, and I think whatever team gets his services, uh, he should be happy for. Now, I'm also told that prior to this morning, um, the Dallas Cowboys were apparently making a push for Smith, as were the Kansas City Chiefs. So, say this deal does not end in a deal, in an agreement for Zadarius Smith, I w- it wouldn't shock me if Kansas City or Dallas tries to get him in the building next, trying to see if they can work something out. Nonetheless, the guy has a, has a pretty robust market. He's just 28 years old, going to be 29. I know he's coming off that back end, but I mean, other than this past year, he only played one game because he was shut down for the rest of the season with that back end. In the last two years, the guy's had 11-plus sacks, so we know what type of edge rusher he can be, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, so it, it's crazy, but there are still a lot of time-free agents out there. Jarrell, obviously, Taron Armstead, the pro tackle, left tackle for the Saints, he's still available, and he's in Miami, Florida, visiting the Miami Dolphins today, and there's a lot of people around the league that expect the Dolphins to come out and close a deal with Taron Armstead, which would fill a huge need for Mike McDaniel and the Miami Dolphins trying to protect Tua, Right, so that's another big name that is potentially uh, getting closer to coming off the market. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you talk about a guy that's been solid in New Orleans for quite some time. Um, I know he had some injuries up and down as of late, but um, a very solid piece, man, that that gives you the protection you need on the on uh, as far as your blind. Side. Well, um, 
that 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 pretty much uh, sums up the episode, man. We're almost at the thirty minute mark. It was cool. I kind of decided to do an impromptu uh, podcast just because of the Matt Ryan trade, and we've kind of uh, discussed some other various topics. But what were there any other things that you wanted to kind of give a give a nice little discussion before we head out? Are there any other players that you want to discuss? Any other moves that have stood out to you this far? Um, the Las Vegas Raiders are positioning themselves uh, to be Super Bowl contenders. And, um, yeah, that's about it, man. I think that's about it. That's all I got. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you, man. But uh, it definitely has, has been, like I keep telling you, it, it's really been fun to track every single move. And now the next domino is where does Baker Mayfield land? Because you know for certain – he ain't he ain't staying in Cleveland. I mean, he already requested a trade. They got Watson. They already signed Jacoby Brissett, who is now um, going to be Deshaun Watson's backup, which is pretty significant because everybody's expecting Deshaun Watson to face some form of suspension under the league's personal conduct policy. So, nonetheless, uh, Jacoby Brissett is going to make some starts for the Cleveland Browns, but Baker Mayfield. Now you look at some potential destinations: the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, there's a report saying that he preferred to go to the Indianapolis Colts. Well, that's no longer an option with Matt Ryan going to Indy, but Seattle's out there who I've heard has some interest in Baker Mayfield. Obviously they have a need there trading uh, their star quarterback, Russell Wilson to Denver. And then Atlanta is a new spot that is opened up. And uh, of course, Jimmy G that's another quarterback that's trying to find a new spot. So I think my, my uh, I guess I'm most curious is which quarterback will be next in the in the quarterback market? Will it be Mayfield or will it be Jimmy G? Oh man, it's definitely gonna be Mayfield. Um, you know, the 49ers still have time. I mean, you know, uh Trey Lance is still on a rookie deal. I think at the end of the day they still have opportunities and time. Um and they have success with Jimmy G. So, you know, they've got time to fill that thing out. I mean, obviously they talked about moving him or he's gonna be playing elsewhere, but they still have opportunities uh, and, 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 and time to get a right, the right deal in place. Um, as far as Baker Mayfield, um, you know, the Cleveland Browns have to trade this kid just because of the, the salary cap he brings. Um, you know, they can't be paying Deshaun Watson the uh, type of money that he's due this year. So I think at the end of the day, the, 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 time, the time clock uh, will be ticking a lot faster for Baker as opposed to Jimmy G. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, I, I do know that um, are confident in Trey Lance and they fully expect him to take over as their starter. So they do eventually um, envision moving on from Jimmy G, but there is a little bit more urgency, as you said, with the Browns, with Baker Mayfield and his situation. Of course, trying to see what type of value for them. And, um, you're probably right. I mean, Mayfield may be the next guy traded. We'll continue keeping on it and seeing where the rest of these guys land in, in this offseason. But um, until until next time, uh, we'll, we'll continue chopping things up right here on the Pro Football Chase podcast on the Colin app. Again, I appreciate you, all those who made the time during lunch. I know it's Monday. Um, and you, you we're at work and all that stuff, but it, it certainly was fun chatting about this trade, breaking it down live. Um, so I appreciate your time, Jarrell, and, and save your voice, man. Sounds like you're, you're having a rough time over there, my brother. No, man, I'm good, bro. As long as I'm winning, I hey, bro, I, I've, I've done this before, bro. 
I get a nice little ginger tea. I'll be back in the game tomorrow. <laughs> All right, bro. Well, that's what I like to hear. Appreciate your time, man. Take it easy. And that's Jarrell Worthy, NFL defensive tackle. And uh, that does it for today's show. So, again, originally slated for Tuesday. Decided to move it up today because of the breaking news, the trade of Matt Ryan. Uh, appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, he right.